1: Door. Of course, my
2: out. dear. You know how terribly sensitive I am. Of course. The sound of that poor girl screaming. I couldn't stand it.
1: Your feelings do you much credit, my dear.
2: Mr. Bailey. Yes? Why is she screaming? The narcotic wore off a little too early. I see. The neighbors? can't
1: hear her. The walls are quite thick.
2: I still don't like it. Suppose someone were to come in? It's late, my dear. No one will. We should think of something, Mr. Bailey, for the future. It's upsetting this way.
1: I have always felt, my dear, that in the course of a long life, I have never met a woman of such
2: exquisite sensibilities as yours. (laughs) Thank you, my dear. I
1: wonder what's on the radio.
2: Mr. Bailey. Yes? Tune in to something pleasant. Music, perhaps. Not one of those crime programs. They're so morbid.
3: occasion for you, Mrs. Bailey.
2: So it is, Dr. White. Mr. Bailey and I were so fond of dear Hilda.
3: I think it was very kind of you to give the girl such a lovely funeral.
2: Well, she had no family of her own. It's the least, Mr. Bailey said to me, it's the least we can do.
3: Of course. It's too bad But pneumonia is no respecter of persons nor affections. Still, it's rather strange. What is strange, Dr. White? Well, those bruises on her hands.
2: On her hands. Yes,
3: just as though she'd beaten against a wall with them.
2: Oh, oh, that. We'd some repairs to do in the kitchen. Mr. Bailey wanted to call a man in, but Hilda insisted on doing it herself. She was so good to us. Poor girl
1: actually left us some insurance. Oh? Yes. Only a few thousand, but it's the spirit that matters, isn't it, Mr. Bailey? Ah. Wilkins. The cars are ready. You can start at any time now. Thank you, Wilkins. You've been a very great help. Mrs. Bailey?
2: Yes, we may as well start now. You know, we shall have to find another house now, Mr. Wilkins. Our home is so filled with memories of poor dear Hilda. Another house, perhaps even in another town. Carlton
1: Hicks. The man we're going to see. Very helpful. Oh, seriously, he's an acquaintance of mine, darling. Huh? Big insurance man. He's pretty important, too, I understand. Asked me to stop in and see him. Sounded urgent and worried.
2: Maybe somebody forgot to pay his premium.
1: <laughs> now, here we are. Come in. Oh, Lamont, I, I'm glad to see you. How are you, sir? Margaret, it's Mr. Hicks. How do you How do,
2: do,
1: Mr. Hicks? Well, you sound and look as if we had something on your mind. I have. Miss Lane, Lamont. I'm vice president of the Insurance League for this part of the country. Yes? All policies are cleared through this office. Life insurance policies. Now, I can't ask you to help me in my legal capacity, Lamont. Only as an old friend. I see what in particular is bothering you, Carl? A sweet old couple named Bailey. Yes? Over a period of a few years, they've been having maid trouble. The girls are dying. How? Pneumonia. Mm-hmm. That isn't something that could be faked. No, there's no doubt at all. The girls all did die of pneumonia. There's also no doubt that all of them were insured in the baby's favor. Uh, I'm beginning to see what you mean. Each policy didn't amount to very much, a few thousand dollars only. But together... Let's see. Uh, the girls were all insured with different companies and in different towns. Yes, this uh, this thing has possibilities. Will you help me get to the bottom of it, Lamont? i would be glad to. I think the immediate question is, where are the Baileys now? So we've come to you, Dr. White, to see if you could give us any information about the death of Mr. and Mrs. Bailey's maid, Hilda Swanstorm.
3: She died of pneumonia, Mr. Cranston, I can tell you that. You're certain. It's not an illness a general practitioner is likely to miss, Mr. Cranston. We
2: just want to be very certain of the facts, Dr. White. Well, the
3: facts are that the girl contracted pneumonia somehow, Miss Lane, that I was called in when she was already delirious, and that her case was hopeless. Mm-hmm.
1: Was there anything at all odd about the circumstances or the corpse, Dr. White? It, uh,
3: nothing, except that her hands were bruised, but the Baileys told me that she'd been making some repairs in the house.
1: Bruised hands? Tell me, have the Baileys lived here for any length of time? Some months. I see. And now?
3: Well, they've moved, left town. The tragedy apparently left a very deep impression on Mrs. Bailey.
1: Uh, Possibly... Uh, Dr. White,
3: was there anyone in town they were especially friendly with? Uh, Wilkins, perhaps. That's James Wilkins, undertaker. (laughs) Excuse me, mortician. Not that they were really friendly with him, but when the tragedy occurred, he was very helpful. An odd acquaintance. Mr. Cranston, you're discussing this this thing almost as though it were, well, a, a crime of some kind or other.
1: Yes. Perhaps it is. Not a crime of some kind or other, but very possibly the crime of murder. I hope Miss Lane and I are not keeping you from your affairs. My business is not one of great haste, Mr. Cranston. I suppose not. Um, Mr. Wilkins, we're very much interested in the Bailey's. The Bailey's? Hmm, Poor old soul.
2: Yes, it was a pity about their maid, Hilda.
1: Yes, they felt her death as though she'd been their daughter. It was very touching. Yes, I'm sure it was. Especially since it wasn't the first time a tragedy of that sort had happened to them. You knew that, of course. Yes, I... I mean, uh, really? Really? Well, some people are unlucky, I suppose. You mean the Baileys? Yes. Oh, I uh, was thinking of their maids. Mr. Wilkins, where are the Baileys now? I'm sorry, but I don't know. No, I don't know. Oh, it's later than I thought. Uh, you'll excuse me? I have an appointment. Of course. Coming, Margo.
2: Goodbye, Mr. Wilkins.
1: And uh, thank you very much for your help. this file ought to tell me. Batchelor, Bader, Baghurst. Ah, Bailey. Bailey, 458 Carlton Drive, Taylorville. Hmm, oh, pleasant little town. Taylorville. I rather think I'd better pay the Bailey's a visit. Good evening, Mr. Bailey. Oh, Mr. Wilkins. Uh, what brings you here to Taylorville? Just to visit uh, purely a social visit, Mr. Bailey? I see. Uh, come in. Thank you. You call at a late hour, Mr. Wilkins. My wife and I had already retired. Peter, you didn't let your maid answer the doorbell, or uh, don't you have a maid? Uh, we have not as yet hired one. But surely you didn't come all the way here to Taylorville to discuss maids. A gentleman came to my place earlier today merely to discuss maids. Yes? Especially Hilda, your last maid. Who was he? A Mr. Cranston. Never heard of the man. Apparently he heard of you. However, I didn't furnish him with your dress. How did you happen to know it? I've been, uh, interested, shall we say... Ever since I discovered that Hilda was not the only one of your maids who died of pneumonia? True. A series of unhappy coincidences. Mr. Bailey, I'm no longer a young man. I find my duties arduous. Uh, I've been thinking of uh, retiring. Indeed. Unfortunately, however, I can't afford to retire. That's a pity. But then we must cut our cloth to fit our pattern, mustn't we? Oh, yes, yes. But I've been thinking of a new pattern, Mr. Bailey. One involving a series of unhappy girls who all died of pneumonia shortly after being employed by dear old Mr. and Mrs. Bailey. A pattern the police might find significant. Police? Hmm. Mr. Wilkins, your requirements... For retiring are... $5,000. Tidy sum. A modest sum. I shall have to consider... I am most anxious, Mr. Bailey, to retire at once. I'm afraid you have no time for consideration. I see. Well, in that case, I suppose I shall have to comply with your request. Hmm. You are a philosopher, Mr. Bailey. Am I? You flatter me. Ah, here we are, right in the desk. I think, Mr. Bailey, in your hand... A knife, Mr. Wilkins. But you can't... Mr. Wilkins, you are a blackmailer. A blackmailer is never satisfied with the initial payment. He returns always for more and more. I couldn't put up with that. of me. The hour is late. You will not be No, You, sir, are a blackmailer, and I am a murderer. You have practiced your calling tonight... And now, I shall practice my... Lamont and Margot, in an attempt to solve the mystery of an insurance racket perpetrated by a seemingly kindly couple named Bailey... I've traveled to Taylorville, a small upstate town.
2: Am Hmm. Why not, Mary?
1: Well? Uh, that's right.
2: So you shouldn't be reading the morning paper while we're eating.
1: I'm sorry, darling.
2: Well, you could be a lot more convincing.
1: At breakfast? After spending most of the night on a train? Oh, there are a couple of things in the Taylorville paper of interest, Margot.
2: Oh, like what?
1: Report of a man found with his throat cut on the outskirts of town late last night.
2: Oh? Who was
1: he? I don't know. According to the paper, there was no identification on the body. I think we'll go pay a visit to the morgue.
2: Ooh, lovely idea for an after-breakfast John. What was the other item?
1: Oh, that popped up in the classified ads. It appears that our friends, the Bailey's, are advertising for a new maid. funny that way.
2: Who do you think the murdered man is?
1: A R. are. Find out in a moment.
2: Lamont, oh, it's Wilkins, the mortician. Shh.
1: Oh, thanks a lot, but it's uh, not the man I'm looking for. Okay. Come along, Margo.
2: Lamont, it was Wilkins.
1: Yes, but I just assumed the authorities didn't know about it just yet. The Bailey's had anything to do with his death. It
2: couldn't be a coincidence, Lamont.
1: I shouldn't think so. I want them to think their little secret hasn't been discovered as yet. Otherwise, they'd be more on guard. Well, here we are.
2: Oh, that poor man, Wilkins.
1: Probably a blackmailer. Why?
2: Now,
1: he wouldn't tell us where the Bailey's had gone, yet he himself obviously knew.
2: Lamont, I have an idea. Hmm? If we go to them directly, they'll deny everything. There isn't any proof against them, is
1: there? No, apparently not. They've been very cautious.
2: But they wouldn't be cautious with a... You may. Sure.
1: Your name's Margaret Flynn, eh?
2: Yes, Mr. Bailey.
1: Hmm. You appear to be a pleasant girl. Have you had much experience?
2: Not very much, sir, but I'm strong and willing to work.
1: Good. That's the spirit. Ah, good morning, my darling. Good morning, Mr. Bailey. This is Margaret Flynn. uh, Mrs. Bailey, Uh, she wants to be our new maid. Oh,
2: does Margaret really need the position? She tells me she's all alone in the world, Mrs. Bailey. Oh, poor dear. But if she stays with us, she won't be well-shaped. Thank you, ma'am. We have to be very careful, Margaret. You see, a maid with us isn't merely a servant. She, well, she she becomes a member of the family. Yes, ma'am. We want her to be one of us, Margaret. Do you think you'd like to? Very much, ma'am. Then, Mr. Bailey, I would very much like to have Margaret be our
1: companion. Splendid. Splendid. Margaret? You're employed. Oh,
2: thank you, sir. Uh,
1: Mrs. Bailey will show you your room now. Oh, a moment, Margaret. Uh, will you sign this, please?
2: What is it, sir?
1: Just some red tape for the government. A pen, Margaret. Yes, but it says something about insurance. I mean, crime insurance. That's what it is. You need father reading the thing full of red tape. Just sign. Yes, sir. There we are. Now you're really our maid. You've nothing to worry about anymore.
3: Splendid dinner, my dear. I think
1: our new maid will work out, don't you? Mr. Baedek, I'm
2: worried. About. We're going to find out about the late Mr. Wilkins. Eventually. I would prefer not to be in town at the time. The connection might be traced. A possibility? I had no choice. I rather think we have no time, Mr. Bailey.
1: I've always deferred to your judgment.
2: The policy's been entered for the girl? Oh, yes. Then perhaps she'd better contract her pneumonia tonight. Will that be all for tonight, Mrs. Bailey? That will be all the work you need do, Margaret, with We'd be pleased to have you join us for a while. Thank you, ma'am. Perhaps in a glass of brandy, Mr. Bailey. At once, my dear. Oh, I never drink. Oh, nor do I, my dear. But a sip of fine brandy, that isn't really drinking. Here
1: we are. Mrs. Bailey. Thank you. Margaret. I... Come now, no harm in brandy. No harm at
2: all. Thank you, sir. Let us drink. To a very happy future for all of us. A charming toast. Margaret. Oh, Drink your brandy, girl. But I... You're being very impolite,
1: Margaret.
2: I'll drink it.
1: That's a good girl. Not so bad after all, was it?
2: No, sir. And now we'll sit here in the twilight and dream of things to come. Of the long twilight and the darkness that follows after. What a soothing sound, the sound of running water. Oh,
1: my dear, I'm rather tired. Shall we go to bed?
2: Very well. The door.
1: I'd better answer it. Uh, that sound, uh, perhaps, Mrs. Bailey, you might oblige us with a little Chopin until our visitor leaves. Of hmm? course. Hmm. Yes? Mr. Bailey? Quite right. I've come to call on Margaret Flynn, your maid. Oh, she doesn't receive callers at this hour, sir. Oh, but wouldn't? it's very important that I see her. The morning will do as well. Besides, the girl's ill. Oh? Cold, I think. But I hope in the morning. So do I. Good night, sir. Good night. For the shadow, I think it may be a good night... But for the Baileys, it will be a very bad one. Margot. 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 Lamont.
2: Come on,
1: if you're here, let me help you, darling. Where?
2: Lamont, they gave me brandy and I lost consciousness, and they put me in there, and I... Cold. My clothes are so wet. They've gone to
1: bed. I slipped in the back way. Oh. Hop into your bedroom, change into dry things, but keep the wet clothes.
2: I don't understand. We've
1: no proof, Margo, yet. All we could say now is that I found you in a shower with your clothes on. The district attorney would conclude you were mad or drunk. The jury would believe the same. Oh, yes, that's right. In the morning, Margo, the Baileys may have a surprise. Shadow may fall on them. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Bailey? How is the girl? How is she this
2: morning? Just a moment. Hey, now. Water's up. Mr. Bailey, something's the matter. What? The girl isn't sick. Oh? I had a feeling.
1: Bosh. Bosh at all, Mr. Bailey.
2: What was that? I said nothing. You
1: did? Oh, no, Mr. Bailey. It was I.
2: I... I'm going mad. No, Mr. Bailey, you're not. Because I hear him too. Good for
1: you, Mrs. Bailey.
2: Who are you? The shadow. <laughs> must be some joke.
1: You're made of sterner stuff than your husband, Mrs. Bailey. Too bad he's not as strong as you.
2: I don't know what.
1: Murders are best performed alone, Mrs. Bailey. A weak accomplice often becomes a betrayer. Get out of here. Look, Mrs. Bailey. Look at him. Get dreadle. out of here. See the hysteria in his eyes. Get out. The frantic way he looks about this room in search of a Get shadow. Out of Can you be quite sure that your life is safe in his hands?
2: Shut up. still you.
1: I'll be still. But will he, Mrs. Bailey, unless... Yes? Unless he joins your maid.
2: Join the name. She wouldn't...
1: No? Look at her, Mr. Bailey. Skeething. Mrs.
2: Bailey? He's lying. Do you
1: think I'm lying, Mr. Bailey? You who know your wife so well, your murderous wife whose dear sweet little head hatched the plan of murder you've been following? She... she, she, was, she was the one who... Of course she was. There's only one hope for you, Mr. Bailey. What's that? listen to him. One hope. Confession confess to the police and Mrs. Bailey would care very little about your death. She'd be contemplating her own. I'd
2: listen to him, new fool.
1: And with confession, Mr. Bailey, you could plead that you were only a tool in her hands, that you were not fully responsible. Mr.
2: Bailey, don't listen. Life I, is
1: I, sweet, I... Mr. Bailey. Even in a cell, life is sweeter than dancing on empty air with a noose around your neck. I, I'll write
2: that confession. No, I'll write it. It is
1: it, a trap. Better than a death trap sprung by the state executioner, better than to die gasping out your life with pneumonia.
2: All right, Mr. Bailey, don't be gone. I won't let you fight. Thanks, me. I
1: dare you, let me go. You struck your loving wife, Mr. Bailey afraid you're not a very kind and considerate husband after all. (laughs) Now there's paper. There's ink. I will. Right, Mr. Bailey. Names, places, dates. Right, Mr. Bailey. Right. (laughs) Let me sit next to the window, Margo. You've had enough chills for one day.
2: I didn't do too badly for an unemployed maid, darling. I came up with nothing worse than if few... you sniffled. You're
1: so very lucky that's the worst, Margo, after seeing the loving Bailey's in action.
2: He made his wife add her confession to his after the police arrived?
1: Yes. There's enough evidence now to convict a half a dozen Bailey's.
2: Well, I'm just glad there isn't more.
1: Isn't more evidence?
2: More Bailey's. A couple is exactly two more than this world needs.
1: The weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow (laughs) knows.